Foro Means Climb, hosted by TJ Ledger. This podcast is where entrepreneurs, business owners, artists, and change makers have open, honest conversations about their journey and experiences with success. Join us for weekly inspiring discussions. Watch us on YouTube or listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Branding 101 with Bernard Sope. It is not enough to let people know about your business. What helps you to do so is by building a brand. Branding helps people remember your company or business in a memorable way that feels fresh and part of your company's purpose. We spoke to Bernard Sope of Brandmeister, a brand and identity agency in Ghana for this week's conversation. He shares his guidance on building a brand from scratch and we later discuss his work around crafting Bloomberg's identity. Unfortunately, our conversation continued for quite a while, so we had to post it in two parts. When this podcast aired, Bernard was the team lead at Brandmeister, a brand and identity agency in Ghana. He is now the senior partner manager at Twitter. So, can you introduce yourself, who you are, what you do? I know in personal circles, yeah. but professionally, I also know you professionally, but for those watching. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, like you said, you've known me for a while. From I think when I was even like twelve or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for people watching, um, I've my name is Bernard Kafri Sope. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone calls me the Meister, or mm-hmm. everyone calls me Meister. Um, I've been working for career-wise. I've been working for close to ten years. Um, I'll say since professionally since 2011. Um, I, I started my career, when I came out to school, I started my career as a graphic designer. So I came out to school thinking I'm going to be a graphic designer and and in my mind, at the end of my career, I'll be a creative director at most. But now, um, I'm into so many things, uh, but what people mainly know me for is that I, I run a, a brand agency called Brandmeister. So what Brandmeister does is, is we we help uh, brands and businesses uh, with strategy and anything in the marketing space. Um, before I even get into what Brandmeister actually does, um, still not to deviate, still talking about myself. I am uh, I'm a father. I have two <laughs> two daughters. So I'm a proper girl dad. Um, hashtag girl dad. <laughs> yeah, hashtag girl dad. Um, I what else? What else? I'm second second born of out of three siblings. Mm. Um, yeah, actually, I have a sister who is into marketing too. Okay. Marketing research, very deep into marketing. Um, I always say she's even more knowledgeable than I am mm. because she she's always spitting the facts and showing me the numbers and why things would make more business sense. Um, what else? So, how, how many people are, are in the agency that you run? Okay, so sitting behind desks, mm. we have 12 people. 12, okay. Yeah, um, but then we have other people who come in, like contract consultants. Mm. Um, and so, in total, we're about 18, 18 who okay. work. And it's a mix of designers, copywriters, uh, people who do motion graphics, people who do video, um, like shooting, um, and uh, people who do BTL, like 
helping us with activations and events. What's, what's BPL? Explain it to me so like BTL, I was a five year old. Um, so in marketing, there is um, ATL, BTL, mm -hmm. and TTL. I'll explain. So ATL, what we call above the line, is marketing that is not targeted specifically at at like individuals. So for example, a billboard, mm -hmm. a TV, a TV ad, mm -hmm. a radio ad is above the line because anybody can hear it. Okay. If a billboard is on the roadside, multiple people drive past, and that's a multiple target audience. The most you can do some targeting with a billboard is to put it in a place that you assume that maybe um, lots of, um, it's an affluent place or it's near more young people will be there. But it's still above the line because anybody can see it. Um, uh, radio ad too is the same. Once you tune in, I mean, it's, anybody can hear it. And um, it's, it's not very, very targeted. But below the line means it is very targeted to a set of people. So, for example, if you do an activation in um, one side, maybe the kids' side of the mall, mm -hmm. you know you are targeting parents and kids. If you do um, an activation in a school, you know you're mm -hmm. just speaking to um, young people. And an activation is basically, let's say, any event that's supposed to drive any marketing agenda. So maybe uh, people dancing and giving away... Um, <laughs> products or yeah. something is an activation yeah. um, you create maybe a, a, a bowling ball experience somewhere and then people will win things from a product is an activation so that is BTL and then there's um, TTL which is um, uh, through the line mm -hmm. um, that's normally a mix um, it, it's not very common but anyone who does any integrated marketing approach is mixing both BTL and um, ATL and that uh, through the line and it's um, yeah so that's it but um, yeah, so that's BTL, that's ATL. We do some BTL for clients. We do some ATL for clients. We do digital for clients. Um, yeah. So let me let me ask you this. There's been a the there's recent talk about branding, and everybody seems to be invested yeah. in what branding is and what is graphic yeah, design. Really sitting up to <laughs> So like, <laughs> you're getting into places I'm really interested in. Yeah, yeah. and I'm interested in that too because this, what I want to discuss with you is how to build a brand. So okay. I want to know what a brand is and what branding isn't. So let's start with what is branding. Okay, it's it's a very um, it's a very interesting question mm -hmm. and. I mean, all through my career, working in this space for close to 10 years, I've heard multiple definitions of branding. And um, I mean, two years ago, when I was in the UK studying my master's in brand leadership, almost every lecture I sit in, the lecturer comes with a different definition of branding. Mm -hmm. um, however, <clears throat> there's still one consistent thread or, or thing that makes what branding what it is. Um, I like to use this um, as an example. Um, if you were to leave your kids, right? How many kids do you have? I have one. Okay. Yeah. okay. If you were to leave your child, mm. you're traveling and you're to leave your child with, you're, you and your wife are traveling and yeah. you're to leave your child with someone, uh, like out of your friends, friends, not family, mm. who would you leave, um, who would you leave your child with? 
one person. Who yeah. would I leave you my family? You can mention a name, yeah. Who would you leave your child? Um, well, I have to be one of my college friends. Yeah, what the best name? Yeah, we'll call him John. John, okay, yeah. all right. So, I mean, why would you leave your, baby, your child with John? Because I trust that he'll take good care of her. Okay. And make sure that she's safe at least till the time that I get back. Okay, why do you trust John? Because we've had a lot of shared experiences. We've okay. had tested experiences, and he's somebody I can count on knowing that this person will be there for me. Okay, so from that, I, I get that you've had shared experiences. Yeah. Him, and that's a key word, shared experiences. Exactly. Um, you can count on him, so you think he's trust. credible. Yes, he's credible. He's credible, and then um, he, you can trust him. And you're, you're able to arrive at that conclusion because you've known him for a while and he's been consistent with the way he does things. So mm-hmm. you know that you have a reput- he has a reputation or you have a perception that this guy is trusted, I can leave my kid with him. And your, your kid is like very dear to you, so yeah. that's why you use your child. You can leave your child with this person and then travel. Mm-hmm. That's basically the concept of branding. Mm-hmm. Um, brands build shared experiences with their users. And over a time, that's why consistency is very needed, it's very key in branding. And over a period of time, when, you're, when a brand consistently delivers an experience or a message or um, a thought or, or uh, yeah, an experience, you, you, you eventually trust the brand. And when you trust the brand, you have a reputation or a perception. The brand has a reputation of something. Yeah. And you have a perception in your mind that this brand is, um, is this way. It's whether fun, it's whether um, cool, it's whether it's rowdy, it's mm. um, exciting. And those are the perceptions that you build of the brand. And that's what makes up the brand. So um, look at it like the iceberg concept, where um, at the bottom is you see the iceberg is there. You can't see that, but you only see what's on the top. Oh, okay. Yeah. And normally the what's at the bottom is, is larger. You just see a little bit at the top. That is that's what makes up the brand. The logo, the colors, the typography yeah. is what's on top, and that's what you see. But what's what makes so? For example, you see an artwork or a logo of a brand. It looks nice, it appeals to you, but you still don't trust that brand. You still don't mm. know anything about that brand. What makes you now feel loyal or trusted about, about that brand is what's at the bottom, and that's the personality, what you know about the brand over a period. So, uh, in summary, a brand is basically uh, a perception, so what the perception mm-hmm. you have about something. So, I like to use this a lot. Um, when I used, used to work in music, um, I mean, before I even worked in music, I got to work in music because um, the artists I was working with felt like they trusted me to work on their brand for them because yeah. they had seen over a period of time that I've been consistent with my brand and what I do as a brand specialist. So now that's, that is the brand um, that I've, I've, I've shaped in his mind. Mm. Now, besides that, now I work with this guy for close to four years and then I realized that the kind of emails or messages or deals or interactions that I, I get now are only things got to do with music. So I wake up in the morning every time I see, help me with my music, listen to my SoundCloud, that kind of thing. And I realized that that is not what I am. I am a brand specialist yeah. helping a music artist. But the music artist has gotten so big that it has overshadowed my brand. Mm-hmm. So then now I'm not able to deliver 
what or people now have a different perception of me or be so now my brand is diluted they don't see me as a brand specialist again they see me as a music mogul they see me as a record producer so then i decided that okay now i need to come back to change and shape my personal brand in the minds of these people so how do i start doing that i start writing articles about brand stuff i start i I come out of the whole brand master thing start calling myself a brand master uh, putting the articles were the main thing, putting out brand articles every two weeks. And I realized that over time, it started changing. And now people were contacting me for brand-related stuff. So the music was less. And after, as of now, I rarely get anyone message me about music. So from what you're saying, mm-hmm. branding is all about creating... Perception. Perception and experiences. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's a perception. But how do you arrive at that perception? It's a sh- shared experiences over a period of time and being very consistent with them okay so from what you're saying branding wouldn't just be about logo no. design no. typography no um, aesthetics it has to do it has to do with beyond that how you connect to the user what kind of messaging you put out um anything at all that you are that makes up what you are um it, it, in, so where the challenge is is when so internally you the company the company always has the company or the individual because you can build a individual brand. or yeah. company has in their mind um, what what they call the brand identity in their mind they want to position themselves as maybe um, credible right but out there they are not doing credible things and now the audience doesn't see them as credible so out there, what the audience sees is what they call a brand image. Yeah. And what the person is creating is the brand identity. Now, if the brand identity and the brand image don't pay, mm-hmm. you have a problem with your brand. Okay. So that's, that's when, I mean, I've read it because I do a lot of corporate strategy work. Okay. And it's basically the kind of conversations that go around when yeah. you're not in the room, yes. what people say about you. Yeah. So... Fast forward to today, if you're building a brand, you have to start all over again. What would be your first go-to? Uh, purpose. Purpose. Identify your purpose. Yeah, purpose. Okay. And um, a lot of brands, a lot of brands, especially in this part of our world, don't know their purpose. Fine, they know their vision. Vision mm-hmm. is very similar to purpose, mm-hmm. but uh, purpose is more, it's, it's not like a KPI. Most people's visions are like a KPI. And, okay, we want to be the biggest, um, whatever, in Africa. Fine, you become the biggest in Africa. And, and then, then what's next? And then what next? Yeah. That is not purpose. But purpose is like saying um, we want to impact the world and change maybe the environment sustainably or create sustainable ways to do. Now, that is something that is continuous. Even when you, the founder, are gone, anybody who picks it up runs with that purpose. Because there's no way you can complete achieving that, that purpose of being sustainable or that um, purpose of, um, uh, how do you call it, being, impacting maybe yeah. the environment. Yeah. That, is, uh, that is like a rolling, a rolling um, how do you call it? A continuous work. A continuous work. Uh, work. So, okay. yeah, what I'll change or what I'll do first mm-hmm. is identify my purpose your purpose okay and to identify your purpose um, i call it a butterfly concept um you know what ikigai is 
Yes, the Japanese yeah. method of It's thinking. similar to that. Yeah. Um, I, I learned this one in the UK. And it, I mean, along with the work too, I do over time. It's, that's, that's what made me arrive at this. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, finding your purpose is, is basically, um, it's an intersection. It's like a Venn diagram. Um, you find out what is wrong with the world. Mm-hmm. And when I say what's wrong with the world, it means what is wrong with your world. So if, for example, um, you're a lawyer, right? What is wrong with the legal world that you're in? What's, what is the issue in the space that you're in? Now, when you find what is wrong with the world, you use what you are good at to solve what is wrong with the world. So you have two bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. What is wrong with the world? What makes you stand out? Like what you are good at. Yeah. And then the using it to fix um, what is wrong with the world. That becomes your purpose. Okay. So, um, and, and the reason why it's important to use what you are good at is that that's what makes you unique. Mm-hmm. You can't use what other people are good at. Maybe... Just for example, you're a lawyer, but maybe you're really good at maybe analyzing things, mm-hmm. right? Okay. What is wrong in the world, in the legal world? Is uh, Maybe you can give me any, any problem that's wrong in the legal world. Um, so what's compliance, for example? Okay. Most companies are non-compliant with okay. what they have to do, their regulatory body, their filing, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So using your analytical skill to solve that compliance issue helps yeah. you find your purpose. Yeah. And then you're able to define that in maybe one decent sentence, and, and then, then that's your brand purpose. Okay. And then you live it through. So because it is like a rolling, continuous thing, mm-hmm. anybody, if you have, you've left or you've sold a company or anybody comes to take over or you go into the board of government, uh, the board, yeah, you can pass with the board, and um, there are new people even running the business, because that purpose is what's leading the brand, they would continuously achieve that and keep pushing it. The purpose essentially ways. becomes the culture and how the... Yes, it, it translates I mean, into culture. It translates into culture. It translates into... You get it. It translates into culture. Things that you can see, yeah. the beliefs and values that even yeah. your employees buy into. So you see, they're all interconnected now. Yeah. So now when you're doing your values too, you do your values shaped into your purpose. Mm. Because your values cannot be disconnected from your purpose. That's true. You understand what I mean? Mm. So if you, if um, we are talking about, let's say, sustainability, mm. the values of a company will now be aligned to things like um, empathy. Yeah. Um, you understand? Because then they care about the environment, they care about making things stay sustainable. Empathy, um, what other things could be? But anything that fits into the purpose. You understand? So that is how it becomes interconnected. And if you realize all these things are interconnected because you're trying to build a brand and yeah. brand is very much um, um, how do you call it? It thrives very much on the bedrock of um, consistency. That is true. So if now you, you say, okay, we have, we are, we have fun uh, brand and then your values are, are more about um, always be serious. And <laughs> the next moment you're communicating something to completely uh, maybe a caregiver uh, archetype online about how you are empathetic. Mm-hmm. So online, you're, you're showing sympathy and being empathetic. But then in person, uh, it's different. Uh, offline, yeah. in the values of the people, they are, mm-hmm. they are very serious. Then uh, this in, in, in press or whatever, you already you are communicating how you are fun. Then there's a complete disconnect, and people can't put the finger on it and say, 
what do we know this brand for? We don't know this brand for anything because they are communicating three different things. And a lot of people don't know that because they are focused on just trying to sell. Yeah. It's like we want to eat. And that's just, yeah. that's just uh, the nature of we want to chop. So nobody has time for building a brand. So people, true. for example, a job comes up, right? And you don't come into mind. Your company doesn't come into mind. And you don't understand. Why don't you think of me? I do this. But they didn't think of you because you've not solidified your brand as consistent or have a perception to do this service. Because you are doing multiple things that misrepresent you. So they can't think of you. Now, anybody who talks about brand, they come to me, hey, uh, we heard you are the brand person. You can help us with this. Because they know me for that. And I've been consistent with that in all channels, everywhere. You get what I mean? So what... Um, when did what year did Van Meister start as an agency? Okay, so the idea, I mean, I, I like I said, I used to be a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. People used to come to me and help me, tell me to do design and stuff. But I was still working corporate, but because it was something I was passionate about, um, I set it up. I set up the name Brand Meister um, in 2015. 2015, okay. But it wasn't registered as a company. Then somewhere along the line, when I started working in music mm. then that's when i officially started registering companies so i registered meister music i registered brand meister but i registered them under meister multimedia okay. because at that point i had a vision that okay this is me as a brand person now see me i'm in music at this rate i'll end up going into multiple things yeah so i set up Meister multimedia because i know i'll do multimedia stuff mm. and then now i have brand so you, you diversified into other channels because yes, you knew other that. Channels. Yeah, I'm even about to launch Jobmeister okay. for recruiting and stuff. Mm. But then I never really started operating Brandmeister officially until I met my partner Therese. So I mean, that's also a different. Who's affectionately known as Brandmeistress? <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's 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 where it started. Um, okay. You know that whole imposter syndrome yeah where i knew that i was good like i was dope at what mm. i do but and i mean in the companies i was working for i still knew that like they hired me because they they know my they could see your your value and yeah but i still didn't feel bold enough to come out and say hey i'm a brand consultant i'm doing this i know my stuff I'm going to help businesses. I just didn't see my... I used to see myself like, all right, I'll work for one company, they'll pay me and that kind of thing. I just didn't... I felt like I wasn't there yet. Yeah. You understand? But then Therese met me and then she's, she could see... She could see everything I could not see. Mm. So that means subconsciously I was doing my branding well, but she could see that this guy, you have a brand, right? You understand what you're doing. I think you can do it. And she kept saying, why aren't you doing it for other people? Why are you not? Why, you why just are you stop? doing it for yourself? Yeah, because you mean, were doing it for other people. Yeah, and so employment. why aren't you? Yeah, why yeah. aren't you just doing it for myself? Yes, yeah. I like that. And um, helping other people, or setting up on your own. Um, but I, I still didn't feel like I, I was there yet. Um, I mean, she, her, her idea was she. It was her idea with to even um, because it's consistent with the articles, so that it's changed that perception. Because I let her know this is my challenge. So, so sometimes she doesn't realize it, but. Um, she didn't come from a brand background, but she didn't realize it, but she, she's uh, naturally a brand person because of the things she does or even the suggestions and things she does. So I knew automatically that this person, I can partner with this person. You understand? And it can, because it's, it's transferable skills. Yeah. We can easily transfer. And now she's, she spews lots of brand knowledge mm-hmm. and it's, 
it's just surprising. But well, it's not surprising for me. But <laughs> when you look at her background and you look at what she does now, she was in medic in the medical field, yeah. and then what she does now, you see a very big um, gap, a very big growth. Yeah. I mean, there's always that point during an entrepreneur's life yeah. that you know that people see value in you and they write you a check that makes you think twice about the imposter syndrome that you have. Yeah. And you start feeling like, I can actually do this for a living. What was yeah. that point for you? What was your first so, time? Um, before Brandmeister. Yeah. Well, I had Brandmeister that I was doing. Use, I hadn't registered if I was using it, but I, I partnered with some friends of mine and then we set up a company called Social Gong. Mm -hmm. So, my our first big client was well. We actually set up the company because we saw an opportunity. We saw that Unilever was um, doing something called Idea Trophy. They needed a brand agency, a digital agency. So we came together, set up this. Um, most of them were not brand people, more business led. One was IT. So I was basically one was just pure design. I was basically the one doing the full strategy. So after we did the strategy, we submitted, they put the budget, and these guys approved it and said, all right, um, this, we sent us a PU, you're going to pay us this amount. When I saw the amount, I'm like, like, did I just, by just sitting down for a couple of hours, putting together a strategy, which I do every day in the office and stuff or for other personal things, get this, this number of figures on, a, on an invoice? I was blown away, and that, that just really told me that you can do this, like, you can do this. So even long, down the line, even when I was still stuck in that imposter thing, I still wasn't, wasn't afraid that I won't make money. Mm -hmm. I knew that I had made that kind of money before. Um, I just need some more, um, some more push to be able to make it. So that was Unilever, um, Idea Trophy campaign. Okay. What, what, I 2014. 2014. Yeah. what I tell people is, Money is a byproduct of value. Yeah. So as long as you're contributing towards somebody's value or growth, yeah. it comes back to you in the form of money. Money, yeah. People who don't hire you don't see how valuable you can be to their business. Yeah. And so um, I was working with friends, mm. and we put together a proposal for Unilever's Idea Trophy in 2014. Um, I mean, when I, I worked a couple of hours on the strategy, um, I was the main person doing the strategy. The rest were IT, finance, and uh, as a designer. We shared this strategy with the clients, and then the client says, all right, approved. We're sending a PO for it. And when I saw the number we had put there, I was not even sure. I thought, like, oh, I was taking a bet. Mm. But then they approved it, and then it just made me see that my work can actually be monetized, or my talent or my skill set can actually be monetized. Mm. And, yeah. So from there, one... one project of yours that I noticed was your work with Bloomba. Okay. Then how did that start? How did that come about? The Forum Podcast is written, recorded, and produced by TJ Lecha and Daniel Edem Abba. It is filmed on set and sponsored by Scribe, a business consulting advisory. If you love the content and conversation, don't forget to pay it forward. Share, like, comment on our YouTube channel, or rate us on your podcast app. Let us know how you feel about the podcast. This helps us on our mission to provide quality content at no charge and makes this channel a resource for entrepreneurs and business-minded folks. 
You can also leave a donation or a tip on our website at www.forropodcast.co. Thanks for listening.